Yeah, you did. Trixie Ramon. I'm not going to lie. I sat in the back seat and tried to shrink my freakishly tall frame down below the window because <laughs> that thing was titty pink. <laughs> hey, it is Trucking After Dark on the week of January 20th, 2020. I like that, Trucking After Dark. Too bad I already bought After Hours. That's kind of an Art Bell sounding thing. You know, that is cool. I messed up the title, didn't I? (laughs) Son of a... I I may have had some beer during that horrible game. (laughs) (laughs) It it was what it was. Well, you know, maybe everybody was here right at uh, 8.45, and uh, we were a couple, three minutes late. So we'll we'll blame it on that. But, hey, the night is young. I don't know. No, it's not. It's almost 9 o'clock. I I know. What time time do you have? Some of us are old and get up early. Uh, Yeah, tell me about (laughs) it. He's one of them, and so am I. (laughs) (laughs) We we will be there one more day of work this week. Tomorrow is my Friday, because Friday only falls on Friday once uh, every eight weeks for me. But it is what it is. Three on the tree. We're going to talk about three on the tree. We're going to talk about some old four-doors. how long people keep cars is just an interesting list that I thought had some uh, some commentary to be made. Uh, the only, yeah, it does. Yeah, the only trucking news we have is this week in beer. And then a big rolling turd that's kind of fitting with the rest of the show. I put out on uh, Facebook, uh, what is your three on the tree story? And got some neat responses. I thought that was pretty cool. There was some good comments on there. There really was. And, and I go back and think my first three on the tree experience, we moved to Wyoming, just my, my mother, my father and I, and my youngest sister graduated high school. I was 13 when we went out there and we had a Dodge truck. So we drove that out, uh, you know, and they bought a house and off we went. My dad had a transfer out there with his job and he bought a, I can't remember if it was a 61 or a 62, but it was a Ford Falcon wagon. 170 cubic inch six banger with three Whoa. on the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it was it was a blast. I had learned to drive in an old Willie's Jeep that my cousin owned. So I knew how to handle the clutch. 13, 14, I sure wasn't gonna be able to run that thing on the roads in Wyoming, but we had we had dirt roads all over the place. So it was just a <laughs> I was gonna say it's Wyoming. <laughs> oh yeah, there were so There's many plenty places. of places you could run that thing. Yeah, so I mean, we had fun with it, and then like an idiot, not knowing what I had, I uh, you know hacked off that shifter and put a floor shifter in there because that's just a whole lot more fun. And little did I know how hard those things were to come by in, in later days. It, yeah, it, no, it, it it's hilarious. But the three on the tree, and, and that was what Bork Warner made those shifters. Yes. And they were they were interesting because three on the tree, you associate it with a low-end car. By nature, it is because it disqualifies a few other options. But in pickup trucks, how many people drove either, probably a six-banger with a three on the tree? And that's what I put on Facebook just because I've been kind of toying with maybe our, our my next uh, – daily driver would be a, a a little pickup truck with a three on the tree and maybe a small eight, a 302 or because they were usually small eights and the half tons. And I was just doing a little research on it and it, it intrigued me. And then I put that on Facebook today and I'll, well, let me go through. Some of these are, some of you guys gave some really great answers. 
I won't go through all of them word for word or that would be the whole show. And the funny thing <laughs> is we have 600 and something people in our uh, Facebook community, yet Facebook, uh, 60 people saw this. That's how Facebook works because they want you to pay money to get that out. Well, and I'm yeah. a cheap bastard, so I'm not paying to ask you guys a question. <laughs> But yeah, I, I and I gotta I gotta say one of my favorite ones here is Robert, Robert from the Pigtail Wedge. I learned to drive a '68 Ford F100 with a three on the tree, no power steering. Great truck. Here's the coolest part: my dad still has it. That is just awesome. Yes, that is that is awesome. Yeah, John McCann. I get a uh, McManahan. John. Anyway, I, I should just leave last names off. But they're on Facebook. Um, my first vehicle. At 15 and a half was a 73 three quarter ton Chevy with three on the tree. So they were in a few three quarter tons. Um, here's what I love about this. My dad and I bought it for 250 bucks with a bad clutch and pulled it home across town about 20 miles. Are you ready for this? With a Dodge Aries K wagon. They pulled that thing with a K car. <laughs> replaced the clutch and rebuilt the transmission. Well, now there I'm confused. Did you replace the transmission in the K car or in the truck? That's a good question. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what he learned to drive in. And he ran that thing between Pittsburgh and uh, Indiana quite a few times. David had a 76 that he bought for 800 bucks. <laughs> you guys are great riders. I love this. Had the original radio in it, so I went to Kmart and bought a $39 radio bundled with two speakers. And it worked like a $39 radio bundled <laughs> with two speakers. I'll, I'll bet it was, uh, Don, you're probably even too young for this one. Do you remember any radios called Craco? No. Oh, Craco. Yeah, you could buy a Craco with two speakers for $39. Bucks. That, that is just hilarious. Sold. Every time I went over a bump, the whole bed of the truck would bump off, and most of the time the wires would break going to the taillights. <laughs> <laughs> that is just hilarious. Roger Brown. Roger and I go, you remember Roger and Linda? We we saw them. They oh, came yeah. Through, yeah. It's good to hear from Roger. We go back to back before the trucking podcast to Jesus Freak Trucker. He and his wife were uh Linda, we're actually in, in, in Rice Lake and, uh, and came over for coffee and pie one afternoon. It was fun to, fun to get to meet him. We'd, we'd gone back and forth a lot on emails and had a lot of fun. 71 F100 from an old Swedish guy who couldn't open the doors and was going to junk it. He was just too weak and he didn't have the strength to get the doors open anymore. Shift tube, shift tube rusted out in 85 and I had to put a floor shifter in. The rest of the truck rusted by 96. <laughs> Now, Christopher's wondering something I'm wondering. What's that? He said, can you even find them around? He hasn't seen a three on the tree in years. You've got to look for them. And I found down in Milwaukee a, um, when I think it's the last year they made them. I did a little bit of homework on these because I'm curious of two things. Can you buy parts to rebuild them? Because there's a gazillion of, of out there. And when did they stop? And uh, Dodge stopped in 85. GM stopped in 87 and Ford stopped in 86. So the funny thing with GM 88, they went to that new body style. So the, the, all of the square bodies, they were available. So they were around. Yeah, Roger, 61 Ford Falcon. I bought it for my grandmother for a dollar. Had to drive it like she did. Ran the RPMs up before releasing the clutch. Got it with 41,000 miles and put another 125 on it before I left for college. 
It's, it's just some great comments in here. I wish I could find a good one. It's what I learned. In. So here's what I, in digging around in trucks, and I'll tell you why I'm ruling it out in a pickup. You figure where that linkage goes. It was a budget play. If you get a three on the tree, you're going budget. Yeah. So obviously it's a lesser equipped vehicle, which is fine. But if you figure where that linkage goes, once it's through the dashboard, you just precluded power steering and power brakes. True. Yeah. It's going to take up all the room in that steering column. It, it, yeah, it takes up all the room underneath where you'd have the steering pump and some of that, the linkages there. So as far as I can tell, I can't find anything with power steering and power brakes with the three on the tree and the options, at least in trucks anyway. And then Ford even had some three-quarter tons with three on the tree, four-wheel drive, and no low range. Really? Yeah, a, a single-speed transfer case. So you had two high, four high, neutral, no four low. Hmm. So only get a little stuck, not really stuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have granny gear. You just don't have, you know, the, the, the real compound of low range and granny gear where you can, you know, idle up a telephone pole. True. Oh, I guess I never realized how long they made those. I didn't either. The, I... the three on the tree. I thought that was... 60s, maybe even into the early 70s, and then they kind of disappeared. I did not realize that that was still an option, you know, as as far in as 86. Well, you know, I go back and think in the 70s, and everybody either had an automatic or a whether at a three or a four speed. You didn't have a lot of five speeds back then. They were the shifters were always on the floor, and prominent in my head were this one group of potheads that cruised around in this big old Plymouth Belvedere four-door with a slant six and three on the tree. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, when I think of, you know, that big old four-door. But now I sent you another list, and I got to find this one. This one surprised me, and these were, I had no idea on these vehicles that uh, they made these with, Three on the tree. And this is out of Haggerty? Yeah, Haggerty. I don't have a link for Haggerty. Oh, I thought I sent that to you separately. Mm, Maybe. Let me double check that. Yeah, I I sent that out later today. Yes, you did. You did. And this just blew me away because I I guess for starters, the drivetrain setup on these, and most of these are old enough that they did not have disc brakes on the front. They had drums, heavy duty or not. No power brakes and no trout power steering. These are, you know, drag race cars, I guess, because they got to handle like an absolute pig. <laughs> I mean, you got that list open? I do. I mean, read that first one on that list. Uh, 65 to 66 Oldsmobile 442, which we've talked about here just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, because. The four speed, four barrel, two exhaust. Unless it had a three-speed, then they changed one of the fours to something else. <laughs> yeah, then it became a three-four-two, but we don't want to basically stamp new plastic that says three-four-two. It's still the four-four-two. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just hilarious. Or four-three-two. <laughs> yeah, and that was uh, what sixty-five. The three-speed became the standard transmission. An M fourteen three-speed. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Then they came up with a her shifter on the floor when you started that uh, that marriage, but. Four, yeah, this is funny. A 400 engine with 345 horsepower 
and a three-speed heavy-duty M13 with a, <laughs> which is Muncie, so it's got to be a, a tough tranny, with a oh, column yeah. shifter. GTO, they actually had, this one is really interesting because a 66 This Pontiac, one surprised me. Yeah. Now, GTO, you wouldn't think of a GTO with a three on the tree. It, it just doesn't no. go there. But yeah, a 389, and those things were a potent little motor. Um, no, they weren't little either. They're big. Here's the interesting thing with that. They actually built 12 of these with um, 389 tri-power, three on the tree. Yeah. What do you suppose one of those is worth today? Oh, a lot. More than you and I will ever be able to scream oh together. <laughs> yeah, enough, enough we can retire. How about a 67 Camaro SS350? And, and that one, one I never came in uh, the three on the tree. No. Now, here's where we start getting this thing's got to be a pig with no power steering, no power brakes, and a three on the tree. A 67 through 69 Chevelle, or excuse me, Impala SS with a 427 big block. And that's I, a beast of a car. Th- that's got to be a beast. Yeah. 400. Yeah. 427 in that thing. That's just crazy. And the last one, which would be cool to have, 68 Torino GT, you could get those with, I don't think, I don't know if you could get the Cobra Jet in that. I think the 390 was the biggest you could get. But yeah, with the three on the tree. There's a link in the, and I'm going to do something new here. I found a really good link of a uh, Ford Bronco. Bronco did a ton of these things in the early first generation Broncos. Three speed, four wheel drive, but you, you know, you got a two speed transfer case. You got all the low range you need. And they did a bunch of those, and you can still find those columns. So I would think you could probably find parts for those because those Borg Warners, they were all the same. You'd be able to rebuild them easily. Yeah. You know, you have you have to think somewhere somebody has a barn or a shed or a warehouse filled with these parts. Well, and in reading through the rest of the Facebook feed, you you found your share of people who would you go from first gear up to second, it was real easy for it to try and pull reverse and second or come down and try and pull first and third. You know, those collars just got loose. And you go on YouTube and you can find a lot of people rebuilding themselves, uh, hacking their own parts. There's just not that yeah. much to them. Uh, you find a lot of used parts. But, yeah, I'd be worried about buying used parts for something that's got a history for not. I'd, I'd want to see them before I Not working them. right. Exactly. <laughs> The one thing I will say that and, and you know, I have never seen nor driven a three on the tree. Oh, wait, I wait, even wait, really wait. done a whole lot of. Wait, 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 wait. You might not remember it. Trixie Ramone. He wouldn't have driven it, though. Did she have though. a three on the tree? Yeah, you never, no, drove, I never drove it. Drove but it. You, I, don't I sat know. in the back seat. Yeah, you did. Trixie Ramone. I'm not going to lie. I sat in the back seat and tried to shrink my freakishly tall frame down below the window because <laughs> that thing was titty pink. <laughs> that, that, okay. <laughs> We've told the story before. This, this thing came in on trade, and it already had a name. It was Trixie Ramone when it came in, and a young lady had inherited it from her aunt and immediately drove it to the Chevrolet store and traded it in on like a okay. Cavalier Red flag right there. Young woman does not want titty pink car. <laughs> that was a cool adult man car. should not want titty pink car. <laughs> that car got. I mean, what did I bring home? Irox and and uh, an occasional Corvette, vans, pickups. <laughs> what got more attention than Trixie Ramon? Everybody came out to look at that. Yeah, car. they did. 
over and over. Yeah, you're that, not parking that in the driveway, are you? <laughs> <laughs> we have a homeowners association, you know. <laughs> no, the funny no, it, it was it was a sharp car. It it was, but yeah, it was pitty, it had a, had a lean to it. Yeah, we should have named it Eileen. It did have a little slump to one side, uh, probably from I, I'm guessing supposed aunt was probably uh, substantial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a planetary overdrive, so you could shift through the gears, and in any gear, you'd depress the clutch, pull out that lever, let the clutch out, and it would be in an overdrive. Uh, the funny thing with the overdrive is when you let your foot off the throttle, it would just freewheel. It was like Georgia overdrive. You let your foot off the throttle, and it'll just coast. <laughs> oh, nice. But it, it was a lot of fun. I guess I didn't realize she was a three on the tree. Yeah, she was a three on the tree. Yep. Yep. But Christopher's saying the three on the tree he remembers was a Ford Econoline three-quarter ton work van with a 300 inline six. See, now that's where you saw a ton of three on the tree is the old van. Well, even a lot of the later vans. It just worked well in a van. You got the doghouse there. It's almost the only way to get a manual transmission. That's true. You don't really have room in the front of the van for a, a full shift pattern on the floor. Yeah. What are you going to do? Bobby, you sit in the middle and shift gears. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's not going to work well. So, yeah, I, I have uh, I have driven a, a few vans with three on the tree. But, yeah, I really toyed Well, with and I never realized those things had an actual shift pattern. I always thought, you know, and not knowing – Three on the tree basically was just like a normal column shifter on an automatic. You go, you know, first and then down is second and down is third. I didn't realize you still had an, an H pattern on them. Yeah, reverse is forward up, first is forward down, second is uh, go push it. Well, I guess you'd say back and up and back and down. And then forward and up for second and forward and forward and down for third. There were some four-speed on the tree that came out of, I don't know if domestics ever had them way back when in the day, but uh, Mercedes did several. Uh, Europe did several. It's a good way to make a little more room in a cab. Yeah. Enough three on the tree, but as long as we're talking about uh, old stuff, I was just thinking today about, well, actually, we were talking about this a couple of days ago. Your generation really didn't, and I look at you and I are 20 years apart. Your generation was okay with four doors, at least a whole lot more so than my generation was. Four doors were cool by the time, you know, pickups always the coolest, especially you know, in, in farm country. But uh, four doors were cool when you were in high school, or at least they could be. They they could be. You know, you, you had, I'm trying to think back to... In high school, the the four doors that weren't cool were, you know, you're you're driving the Ford Taurus. Yeah, um, rental cars. There were what was that? Oh, you had the the Grand Am that came in a four door. You know, not as cool as the two door, but still decent. Uh, Pontiac had some decent four doors. Yeah, but ultimately, no, a, a two door was a a little cooler. But it's not like you were, you know, wheeling up in Grandma's Buick if you were driving a four-door. There were some decent four-doors out there. Yeah, and I go back now and you think of anything, be it Chevelle, be it Falcon, be it uh, Impala, Caprice, Fairlane, whatever. If you find a four-door 
it's certainly not as collectible as a two-door, but it's still a hell of a lot of fun, and nobody's afraid to hot rod them and race them and do all the things you would do with uh, the two-door Cooper sedan in the day, post or no post. But, so, you know, there were a few cars that were cool, and I'm trying to think of, of what was acceptable, and, and we did have a few come to mind, and I'd love to know anybody else who, who has something to add to the list. I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is an import. How about anything uh, Jaguar XJ, whether it was the six-banger to, to the, because I guess you could get the, the inline six or a V12 in some of those. Those were just, yeah. granted they were import, but they were awesome. Well, it's a a Jaguar. That's what I was thinking. It's a Jaguar. It's got classic lines. It's got those two fuel caps at the front of the back fenders behind the, uh, well, I guess B-pillars. I don't think, I don't know if they had a post or not. But behind the, uh, right there at the base of the rear windshield, you had a a fuel tank on either side. And and it's just kind of their neat little gimmick. Anything with suicide doors. When, now, when did suicide doors disappear? Suicide doors for domestic. Now, Lincoln did just come out like last year with with some commemorative, very expensive pre-order. What they do, like twenty of them. We talked about it last year, I think. Um, yeah. Discounting those, I was trying to think of the years for Ford. Because Ford was the one who did it, mostly on the Lincoln Continental, and you could even get some convertibles with suicide doors. And the suicide doors are where the back seat, the back doors open backwards. Um, the catch was yeah, suicide. Yeah, they open like out towards the trunk. Exactly, they're hinged on, on the rear, and then the so when you open both doors, you have you know kind of like you can the look into the whole car. The seventy one Ford Thunderbird was the last production car with suicide doors. And those, if you've ever seen a Ford, because back then the Thunderbirds were all Tudor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that Ford Thunderbird with the suicide four doors, we had a neighbor that had one. And okay, I'm dating myself here, but I remember the old Batman TV show. They And I always thought, oh, come on. If you're a millionaire, you don't have Alfred driving you around in a Thunderbird. Even I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> the guy down the street owns a Thunderbird. It's cool, yeah. but it's not a limousine. It's not Batman cool. <laughs> no, it's not Batman cool. But uh, yeah, the Thunderbirds with suicide doors and then the Lincolns, and they made those probably, I, I know through the 60s, I don't remember any of those being into the 70s. But uh, And you know, those are cool. And then as far as newer imports go, there's only one that really stuck out to me. Uh, actually, I guess I would have to say to any... Cadillac with big ass tail fins and a big ass engine. Because what they have, like a four four seventy nine or something, they had it was the biggest engine they had before the uh, five hundred. Those were cool, regardless, just just because of what they were. Yeah, just because of the body lines. Yeah, you know, that sedan Deville with with just honking. Your parents, the Castle Curator's parents, had some neighbors who uh, they had inherited one from. I think when when his mother died, he inherited it, and you lift the hood, and here's this big old. And I think it it was it was before the 500, but it was bigger than the 454. I want to say 479, and that crazy thing. And then he, he got this big, two big air cleaners on there because it's got two four barrels on it. You know, he said oh, I can't wow. afford to go anywhere in it, but it's cool. And you know, plus I think it was made <laughs> to run on on leaded gas, so you have those issues. 
The only other one that really pops out in my head is the second generation Nissan Maximas, which were like 80, oh, I think I looked this up, 84 to 88. They were really boxy, but they stood out. You knew what they were. And it, it wasn't a mom and pop looking car. It was a cool car. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was still a four-door, but it, I mean, it wasn't a Granada, that's for sure. Which is funny because it was every bit as boxy. But just the lines look good on that car. And then you have to ask yourself, all of the electronics, and as much as I don't like the electronics in the new cars, I wonder what the electronics in those old ones are like now. Oh, you think it'd be a nightmare. What do you say we shoot on to? Now, Luis is saying oh. a 1964 Impala four-door three on the tree. That would be an awesome. That would be a classic. Yeah. Six-banger or eight? I, 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 the eight's always desirable, but I'm just Gotta curious. be eight. Yeah. And I, I, I've mentioned this before on the show. I had a friend of mine in high school, Phil. His dad worked for Sherwood-Williams, and his car to go call on all of the accounts and I believe that was a 302. It was a V8, and I'm sure it was the small one. But it was a big old LTD two-door. Probably, well, probably like mid to late 70s. And that thing had three on the tree. And it was a honking big car, big old LTD back then. There would be the one to find for a daily driver. You know, something big. I just... Trying to tow with one of those when you don't have low range and you don't have low gear and you're putting a, a travel trailer into a tricky spot, you'd be riding the clutch a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's not fun. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not all, fun at all. Your only alternative, if you could find one with four-wheel drive and a low range, would be to leave the hubs disengaged and, and use low range. Yeah. I actually have a friend who's hauling RVs. And he had a nine, what, oh, 2001, same year as my truck, a 2001 Cummins turbo diesel. And we both had uh, the uh, quad cab, four-wheel drives. He had the six-speed with the high-output engine. I had the five. But he actually, and I guess they make a kit for it, put a switch on the dash to override the vacuum switch that, when you shift into four-wheel drive, engages the hubs. Just for that reason, he could hit that switch leave the hubs disengaged, go into low range and, you know, back a big old fifth wheel up anywhere in low range reverse, not after right as clutch. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was kind of an ingenious guy. He was good at finding stuff like that. This one is, and now this is out of Jalopnik, this next story, and I just thought this was interesting. There isn't a single American car on this 2020 list of vehicles people keep for at least 15 years. Which, given the price of American cars, is kind of fascinating to me. I mean, just based off the price alone, you know, people people are buying American cars and they're not keeping them for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because they're probably paying for them over 12. <laughs> right. But you might as well ugly. just keep it three more years. Yeah. They're <laughs> all ugly. They are all ugly. But they are. Everything on this list is ugly. Every Most cars nowadays are all ugly. I'm not going to lie. The, oh. the imagination and creativity in the world is it's gone. You even look at the movies coming out now. I don't remember the last time I saw a preview for a movie that wasn't a movie I saw when I was a kid. 
Yeah, this being redone and, again. Which was remade when I was a kid from a movie you guys watched when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did. We just saw uh, Richard Jewell. Yeah, Lindy Richard. Squid's that one looks new good. Movie. It was Richard, excellent. Yeah, that was a great movie. That one does look really good. I want to see that one and... What's the World War One? Uh, nineteen seventeen. Yes, I've yeah. heard that's really good too. Well, here's the funny thing on this list, and and I'm not going to read them all verbatim, but uh, let's just read the ones that aren't a Toyota, <laughs> Subaru, Honda. Where, where do you find those? Yeah, I'm. I'm. There's. Yeah, there, there's one Subaru. Uh, the Forester, the Subaru Forester. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe we should read these a little more because which ones are crossovers? Highlander is a SUV. Sienna, that's a cross. I don't know what the hell that. I don't know the Toyotas. Here's the funny thing: Toyota Tacoma. Show me a 15 year old Toyota Tacoma, and it still runs, and it can have 300 thousand miles on it, but it's a rust bucket. Yeah. Uh, Tundra, Forester, Rav4, Honda Pilot, Honda CRV, Toyota Prius. How the Prius get the list? I, I guess it takes 15 years to get the bag off your head. Um, <laughs> Forerunner, Odyssey, Corolla, uh, Camry. What a boring car. Uh, Honda Civic and Toyota Land Cruiser. Now, okay, so you have little tiny cars. You have mostly crossovers. Yeah. Because you got, uh, what, your Sienna, Forester, RAV4, Pilot, CRV, yeah. Odyssey. They're all the same. The, you know, well, why are people keeping these damn things for 15 years? Well, here's my thought. If you look at, let's look at these. Okay, the, okay, Chevy Trailblazer, prime example. I'm in the Trailblazer group. There are a ton of those that are, when did they come out? Like 2002 or something? Yeah, 02, 03. And 300, 350,000 miles on them all over the place. So we yeah. know the car will last that long. We know uh, there's a lot of pickups that'll last that long. There's a lot of SUVs, Suburbans, uh, Tahoes that last that long. So my thought really isn't that, oh, well, they, you know, people are buying them to keep them that long because they're great vehicles. It's the type of person who buys a Toyota or who buys a, I, I think it has more to do with the buyer than it does the actual vehicle. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that the Land Cruiser was 15th. Bottom right, now, of the if list. we had one of those, we'd keep it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, those. You know, we love those things, always have. Well, your father owned one. Now, there was something yeah. on here about a Mitsubishi that came close, too, and it's like, <laughs> Mitsubishi, I, I don't know how to explain a Mitsubishi buyer, because when it breaks, there's what, a dealer in every other state or something now? Um, I'm trying to think of where... I don't even think uh, Eau Claire has a Mitsubishi dealer anymore. We have. They got like three or four Honda ones, but no Mitsubishi that I can think of. Yeah, we have one Mitsubishi dealer, and if you didn't know where it was, you wouldn't find it because it's certainly not on a main drag. No. (laughs) (laughs) Nestled in amongst a bunch of bars like everything else in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of bars. I do agree with you, though, Buck. I, I think this list represents more of the the mindset of the people who buy these cars. I mean, you you look at this, and and at least around here, I look at people that I see driving these cars, or I know a few people who have one of these cars, and they are. 
usually I'm trying to think of a polite way to say it. Preachers, teachers, and cops. Uh, yeah, a, a little more, a little less outgoing, very reserved, very political. They're not usually not in the good way. They're, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're not excited about the car. It's something they need. They're not excited yeah. about a lot of things. No, so. they don't get excited about much. Yep. And you know the the American cars are one. Let's face it, I could go buy one of those sixty thousand dollar GMC Sierras with the two hundred different position tailgate that it comes with. And guess what? In five years, that car, that truck is going to give me nothing but problems it, because something's going to start going wrong on it. Because there's too much on it. Yeah. There's there's too much on it. And frankly, I'm overpaying for it. I'm not going to pay to fix it and make the payments on it. So I'm going to trade it in and get something else. Or Whereas you, these tend to be a little less finicky, so to speak. And, and, you know, in Toyota's, and I'm not bashing Toyota in any way, in Toyota's defense, they have always over-engineered their car. They've always tried very hard to over-deliver. And hats off to them for it. Have you seen those people drive? They need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, you re I don't know if you remember, in the, in the little blue house and Tiger, uh, Cliff and Gina, and I can't remember their kid's name, and he had a little Toyota pickup, just a little SR5. Two-wheel drive, four-cylinder, five-speed. And he had like 280,000 miles on it, and he was out changing the oil on it. And, geez, overhaul the engine and run another 280. And he looks at me funny, and he says, why would I overhaul it? It runs great. <laughs> you know, and I, I look at the, you know, the car in our driveway, the, the Trailblazer. It's got 170 on it now. It doesn't burn a drop of oil. And I, I can find hundreds of those things with 300 grand on them still running just fine. Oh, yeah. But also, going back to the demographics of people, the people that drive the cars on these on these lists are more likely to eat granola. They're probably not. Yeah, they're going to munch their granola. They're going to go to the store and go home. They're not going to pile up into the car and take a 3,200-mile road trip. You know, So the, the miles on these vehicles are probably a lot less than the guy with the $60,000 truck and the camper who's going camping every weekend, going four wheeling, going hunting. You know, I've seen, I've seen four year old trucks around here for sale with 200,000 miles on them. You know, that was the funny thing when I sold cars in Rice Lake, I noticed always that uh, maybe a four year old car would come in on trade and it would either have a hundred thousand miles on it or it would have 18, 10, <laughs> but it wouldn't have yeah. the 48,000, you know, you 15 the first year, 12 second, third, and fourth. So you should have, you know, right around that 50,000 mile mark. No, nobody traded yeah. in a four-year-old car with 50,000 miles on it. Well, that's because no. they only went to the lake. Yeah. And the that's lake true. was 10 minutes away. And when you went, you stayed say, there. Because wherever you, you live, you're 10 minutes away from the lake. <laughs> yes. And you stayed there because you don't, you take all your groceries. You can't be coming back into town. We saw that. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. when we were discussing moving out here and it's like, this is a big step. And I don't make big decisions without talking to people whose opinions I really think a lot of. And one of them is your big brother, Scott. And, it, and he's like, why would you move to Rice Lake? Those idiots pack their trunk and go 10 <laughs> miles away on vacation for a week. <laughs> they do. 
it's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, well, those are some of my favorite vacations. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh my gosh. I mean, we hook up the trailer and drive what 45 minutes at the most, depending yeah. on where we go. Cause there's good yeah. camping. Yeah. 40 minutes it's, away. You know, it's, it's just far enough away that you're not worried about the bills and home life and everything. You're just out relaxing, but it's, it's close enough that damn it. I forgot, you know, the milk. I'm not going to spend $4 a gallon at the little store here. I'll drive home. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we, we drove into two harbors or, or two rivers, excuse me, and had, had lunch one day. And, it, but you know, it's far enough away and it's there by, you know, right along Lake Michigan and there's crap for cell service. You might be able to get a call, but you're sure not going to get uh Facebook or email or any of that crap. So right. just you get away, you get away and you enjoy it. Now, did you read the this week in beer story? I did. Um Okay, announcement here. We are this is trucking, so yeah, this is our trucking story of the night. It's the only one that made the cut. <laughs> Who made this? Is Suzu's coming out with this truck? Yep. Suzu is. Uh, this is out of worktruckonline.com. I am not going to lie. As somebody who has spent countless hours outside uh, stacking a two-wheeled cart full of beer, I'm kind of envious of this truck. Uh, so this is made by Suzu for a, a craft brewing company that obviously still self-distributes. They, they make it in-house. They purchase little trucks and they go out and they distribute it to the bars and the stores. And usually those companies, those breweries, they do a lot of live events. You know, hey, come down to Central Park. We'll be down here at noon. Uh, we'll have a little band. Come try some of our beers. Normally to do that, that involves quite a process of you're, you're loading some tap trailers with kegs, you're getting some staff down there, setting up tables, tents, all this stuff. Uh, they came up with kind of an ingenious solution of we need a truck that can deliver beer, but we also need a truck that can set up for one of these special events. So they kind of put the best of everything into this one little Isuzu truck. It's, it's just a, a regular Box little, truck. Little low cab forward. Yeah. Flat nose looking cab over thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a reefer on it. Um, set up to, to keep the beer cold. Most craft beer needs to stay cold. Uh, they have a securement system in place for the kegs. They have a nitrogen system in there for tap beer. They have eight taps on the side of this truck, like on the outside of the box. Uh, they do get covered. They have a lockable cover on them to, to keep them clean. And when you're parked off at a gas station delivering, you don't want somebody walking up with their, you know, Yeti cup going, <laughs> hey, free beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta uh, love that. It's, it's got a, a pulled out awning over it. I mean, just awesome. I, I have dreamt of the day I can get a, a side load <laughs> beverage trailer that one has lights in the bays. And I get out and an awning just comes out. So when it's raining, I can stay dry. <laughs> yeah. And, and the seven taps it shows right there are pretty cool, too. You got to love that. Uh, yeah. The, the taps right on the outside. I mean, that's, that is uh, some ingenious marketing. And a gross vehicle weight rating of, what, 19.5? So no CDL for that thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you don't need a CDL for it. 19.5. Not going to have air brakes. Uh, great 
design as far as getting in and out of places. I love some of these details. I was wrong. It has eight taps. The driver's side of the body has an eight trap, an eight tap beer station integrated into the side with a 10 gallon overflow tank and a special mounting on the body's interior for the CO2 manifold. Yeah. Just a a great uh, truck for a a lot of your, uh, your distributors, at least around here, they're going to have different setups. You're going to have bulk trailers that are just backing up to docks all day. You're going to have the side loads that are doing your bars and your gas stations, special events. That's a total different department. They have their own trailers. They look nothing like the delivery ones. And here's something that we need two trucks, but what's it going to cost us to get one that will do both jobs? You know, we have special event trailers. I think we have 32 of them. Well, that's a lot of money that just sits unless there's something going on. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot of money invested in something that's going to only make you money on the weekends when they're being used. Here, you've got some that we can make money Monday through Thursday delivering beer, and we can make money Friday, Saturday, Sunday selling beer right off the tap. Well, and now in the craft beer industry, I would imagine they will make money selling beer right off the tap, but in the big breweries industry, I would wonder how much of that is just the cost of marketing as opposed to actually being a, a revenue stream. Yeah. Yeah. Our our special events, the the big ones that we do, um, you know, your your rock fest, your country fest, uh, your your multi day people are paying four or five, six hundred dollars a ticket for these things plus their beer and everything. We tend to not really make much on those just because we're paying to be there. We're usually splitting, splitting the profits with some of the competitors Yeah, and we're paying staff to be there. The only, the only time we're really making money is when we're doing small town festival, you know, Aquafest. We make a killing at, at the Rice Lakes summer festival, the softball tournaments, don't know how they play any softball because they'll go through about 10 <laughs> kegs in a week. I yeah. never saw that, that kind of stuff. We we make money on because we're we're getting them we're hitting them for the trailer plus the beer. Hey, one shiny object before we get to the big rolling turd of the night. Um, Sweet. As long as we're speaking beer and softball. Now in the winter time, of course, you can't play softball. I suppose you could, but why would you? And softball sure. is gigantic in the midwest i had never seen anything like it huge it's huge it's damn near a religion around here (laughs) no i agree yeah and it involves copious amounts of alcoholic beverages yes now there's a new a new one coming around that i heard of and i'm doing a little research on it and it is called foaling imagine foaling it's football and bowling so you go into a warehouse <laughs> where you have what looks like a bowling alley, but you really don't care about the wood floors. You just have the distance. You have the 10 pins set up. And the goal is to hit the pins and strike with a football. Oh. Now tell me beer and foaling wouldn't go together in the wintertime in an old warehouse. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to use an old warehouse. Look at all these department stores that have shut down. Oh, there you That's go. That's true. There's like six vacant buildings in this town. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're having – there's a good a good use of an old Walmart store. As long as yep. you serve beer and simple grill foods, burgers, dogs, popcorn, peanuts. That brats. Kind of stuff. You got to have brats. Brats, yeah. We are in the Midwest. Got to have brats. You got to. 
Although I've got usually filled filled with cheese, soaked in beer for several hours. Yes. Cheese. And then, and, then eaten. <laughs> and and of course the Midwest cheese curds. Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta have the cheese curds. Gotta have the cheese curds. <laughs> Nick, how you doing? Good to see him up there too. That's nice. I, I yeah. appreciate your sympathy, Nick. But we did all the Packers did fine. We have yeah. a good coach. He's young. Yeah. The yeah. fact they got that far is amazing. How long do you think it is? How many years does Aaron Rodgers have left? One or two? Depends on how nice Danica is to him. Yeah. I, I think he played better without her. Yeah, hard telling. Well, he certainly didn't play well with the last one either. No. That's true. Shine- I, I would play very well with her. Shiny object <laughs> Shiny object, and the alarm goes off in seven hours. What do you say we move on to? Do I even have? Oh, here it is. Ready? This now it's time awesome. for I don't know why you- Big Rolling Turds. We're going to go with that. How's this for a big rolling turd? Did you I don't get- understand why you even put this in here, honestly. I, this I'm, thing is awesome. Good it, for you. I, yes. You know, it is awesome. And I actually, if you read the comments on some of the ones I looked at on these, the guys were saying, oh, I had a whole lot of fun with this. Here we're talking about a 1982 Camaro. And they did the same thing with Firebird with a 90 horsepower four banger in it. I hey, mean, it's the Iron Duke, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to another question. Now, here's my... my it's I've, a freaking Camaro. <laughs> you know, it's a Camaro. It's, what would that be? Third-gen Camaro being 92. Yeah. Um, doesn't. It's not as nice looking as the Camaros of the, like, 70s. Well, and the thing about these is it didn't take much to just make them. It didn't take a whole lot of dents and dings to make them look trashy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can pick one up on the cheap. You can get them with T-tops. But really, a, a 90-horsepower Iron Duke 4 bag. I mean, you lift the hood. I've seen these. I mean, an automatic in them, they, it's horrible. It's worse than a Chevy Sprint. But just no power to them at all because that's a fairly heavy car. But uh, I just had to hey, throw hey, that hey, out hey. there. Zero to 60 in 20 seconds is nothing to scoff at, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. its official zero to 60 time. 20 seconds. I've got to get there eventually. <laughs> I've got a guy I'm hoping to get on the show somewhere in the next three or four weeks um, working on electric bicycles. And we're not talking your normal electric bicycles. His his normal electric bicycle is 50 miles an hour. They showed me a video of it. It's just nuts. But he's working on some uh, just picture the newer bikes with maybe a fat boy tires on them, bicycles and 300 foot pounds of torque. If, if you hit it wrong, you can just shoot the rear wheel right out from under you flip over backwards. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I want to get him on the show here soon. That, that will be good. Looking forward to that. With that, what do you say we uh, back this thing up and put her in gear and roll her out of Dodge? I think we better. Or yeah. we'll be- That's probably a, Probably Turning a good on idea. the coffee pot. Yes, it will. Yeah, well, coffee pot will be going off soon. <laughs> you all have a fantastic night, and let me get back to my bumps, and we will end with. <laughs> <laughs> you all have a great night, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Drive safe out there. God bless. <laughs>